Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2, starting in, uh, in verse 1. Um, while, I, while I've got you, <laughs> um, while I've got you, just, just a word about, about Bible study. Um, last year, um, my Bible study was, was in Genesis, and of course, we didn't, I think we only got to 20, 23rd chapter, 24th chapter, somewhere in there. This year, um, I decided not to go back to it. Um, this year, um, I felt that what was, what was needed was what I was going to be preaching about on Sunday, or as close as I can get to that, is what we're going to go, be going over on Wednesdays. Um, in other words, this, this past uh, Wednesday um, at 12 o'clock, um, you come at 11:30. You can you can have lunch, or you can bring your lunch. It's a brown bag uh, uh, Bible study, and uh, you can come at 11:30, or you can come at noon. And we're going to be covering prophecy. Um, and then again at at seven o'clock, we have Bible study again. And as Justin says, if you show up at 6:30, you can sing a few songs with us and play a couple games, kind of get in the start of of uh, family night, and then we'll go off and we're going to get into prophecy again on on uh, uh, Wednesday night. It's it's uh, guys, your advantage. Wednesdays you can ask questions. On Sundays, you can't ask questions. I got too much to cover in too short a time, and it just that's the way it works out. So, um, you know, think about it. Think about it. It, it doesn't hurt. Um, believe me, it doesn't hurt to be in God's Word and seeing what He's planning. So, we are in Daniel chapter 2, starting in verse 1. I'm not going to um, go through the entire uh, book of Daniel. We're covering prophecy. But, stand for the reading of God's word, please. Okay. Am I on? No. Okay, there we go. We got her now. Okay. Uh, Daniel 2, starting in verse 1. Now, in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Then the king gave the command to call the magicians and the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams, so that they came and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, and they said, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretation." And the king answered and said to the Chaldeans, My decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made an ash heap. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me 
gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our gracious Father, we thank you for being our God, for being with us, for being a God that that opens doors and opens our hearts and opens our minds. Father, because your spirit is in this place. Father, lead us in the direction that you would have us go. May you be glorified in all that we say and do and think. And we pray this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You may be seated, but you can please leave, leave those Bibles open. Um, I also, uh, another, uh, another little change, we are able to, my, my main scripture that I'm going to use, most generally, uh, you know, we have up on the screen, and I try to plan ahead enough that, that I can have, every time I go to, the, go to the Bible, it's up on the screen. Guys, in, in this um, series, I, the, the, the original scripture will be up there, um, I can change my mind. I, I can do it. I will. Um, I know this this morning. Um, I you know I thought of some other thing that I wanted to wanted to put in there another scripture to do. Guys, bring your Bibles. It's it's nice to you know to have it up there and to read it. And for someone who comes and doesn't bring their Bible, it's there. But if you want to follow along, and and probably one of the examples that I'll, I'll give you today that if you know in in going there is and I'll give you a good reason for having your bibles with you because when you look at scripture and you read before it and you read after it and you get the general idea not the general idea you'll get the idea of what scripture is talking about there there is a, a spot in in uh, Isaiah that I decided to go to today that and I'll give you a good the good example when I when I give that to you um, of why it's important to read scripture on both sides of the of the verses that you're using, it's it's just, you know, it's it's how it's how churches um, who who preach um, um, f- f- preach um, uh, prosperity prosperity to its members. They pick and choose, grab this, grab that, and don't read anything in between. And guess what? We're taking four offerings during a Sunday, so we're not going to start doing that. We're going to stay in Scripture. Today's Scripture, though, and what I read was talking about a dream, a dream. Um, I know... um, uh, Martin Luther King, I mean, every time you talk about dream, that's the first thing that comes up. I had a dream. I had a dream. Well, I've had dreams. And I, and I got to admit, most of them um, don't make a whole lot of sense. I, I, usually when I wake up from a dream, I, it's like, why did I dream that? Where, where did that come from? Or, or who knows what, what happens during the day that, that might put me on a track to have a, uh, some crazy dream, um, you know, the, that night. It, it just, it, it happens. Have you ever fallen a, down a cliff in a dream? Have you ever done that? Do you always wake up before you hit the bottom? Huh? I... I, I I fell down a, a, a steep hill, and I could feel the leaves as I was as I was rolling uncontrollably down the hill. I could feel the leaves that that I that I was rolling over, and wake up before you hit the bottom. I, I don't know. I, they always say, "Well, if you don't wake up before you hit the bottom, you die in your sleep." Not. I, 
I, I don't know. I don't know, because I always woke up, and I'm not sure if that's what happened. But, but you can buy books to interpret your dreams. Some people make a living off of doing that. You, you, you have a dream. When I was a little kid, I did have a recurring dream, and I was being chased by a snake. I remember looking back, and there he was, and his mouth was that big, and, and he was chasing me. What does that dream mean? It means I don't like snakes. That's, I think, is, is what that means. But, but uh, you know, I know that there are people who can interpret dreams and, and, and really, but what they always ask you is, tell me about your dream. Um, that isn't what happened here. King Nebuchadnezzar had a very special request for his Chaldeans, but you know, we're going to spend some time with Daniel. Um, we're not going to go through the entire book. I'm going to pick pieces out of the book, the, the prophecy that is, that is in the book. Um, and, and being in Daniel, one of, one of God's prophets, um, we're not only talking about the prophet Daniel, but we're also going to be talking about this, this wicked Gentile king called Nebuchadnezzar. Um, it, guys, there is, even from when you were a kid, um, you, you talked about, or you, maybe in Sunday school classes, you heard about, about the book of Daniel. You were in the book of Daniel. Everybody knows about Daniel and the lion's den. Um, you also know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, that just rolls off your tongue, you know? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you know about them being thrown into the, into the furnace. But guys, there's a whole lot more to Daniel than furnaces or, or lion's dens. Uh, fact is, 2,500 years ago, um, God gave Daniel the most incredible um, uh, prophetic insights, not only into his future and our past, but into our future. God gave that to Daniel. And all of that stuff has nothing to do with furnaces and, and with lion's dens. Daniel is, is an amazing book. Um, and though, it, you know, it wasn't unusual... For, for God to speak to his prophets. It's not unusual for him to have come to Daniel or to Ezekiel or, or any of the other ones, any of the other prophets that God used to give them visions in the night, um, to, to speak to them, um, to tell them of things to come. That's not really all that, that unusual, but what is unusual is that in this case, God used um, this, this wicked this really bad guy, this, this exceedingly, let's put it that way, exceedingly wicked Gentile ruler, and that being Nebuchadnezzar. Bad, bad man, bad man, and God used him. See, so before we can go into Daniel, and you'll have to pardon me for, for doing this, but, but you need to understand a little brief history here. Of, of what brought Daniel, a Jew, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what brought them to Babylon in the first place? 
um, we, we, need to, we need to cover part of this. And so let's just take a moment, and we'll go back to King Solomon. You remember Solomon, and, and that Solomon died in 931 B.C., Write it down. You, this is going to make sense to you as, as we go along, and there will be a test on it later. But 931 B.C., Solomon died. When Solomon died, the nation of Israel was a unified nation of, of Israel. It was, it was unified. North and south got along together. They all had followed Solomon. But once he died, then the problems the problem started. Ten tribes out of the twelve were in the north. And they split from, from the south. And when they split from the south, they, they kept the name Israel. And so you hear about, about Israel when the two of them are split. Because the, the bottom two tribes, the, the two tribes of the south, stayed in the south, and they were Judah. And so when, you, when you're looking at the prophecy that Daniel is talking about here, Israel itself, as what we would know Israel today, was actually split in two. And when you called it Israel, you're talking about the northern kingdom of Israel, and you talk about Judah, you're talking about the southern part uh, Judah is where Jerusalem is, okay? So the, the two of them, the two of them were split. Um, and as you read through the, the, the book of, of uh, the two books, first and second kings, you, you'll notice that, that each one had a king. You had a king in the northern, in northern Israel, in Israel, and then you had a king in Judah. And the, and the kings in, in Israel they were a nasty bunch. They really were. Every king that, that Israel had drifted far from God. And not only did, he, did they drift far from God, they pulled their people with them. Okay? Oh. And they pulled their people with them. And it seemed like Judah had it, had it together so much more. And, and their kings were, were God followers. And, and, and they didn't have the, the problems um, um, that, that the northern kingdom have. But then, then, about 200 years after, after Solomon had died and the, two, and the two sides split, after about 200 plus years, God had had enough. He'd had enough of, northern, of, of Israel. And, and he put a crack in their armor, put a crack in their defense, and he allowed the Assyrians to come down and, and to take over and to take Israel back to Assyria. Now, now what they did is that he put a crack in the armor. He allowed Assyri the Assyrians to come in and hit them and then go back. And, and then after about three years, they came back and they took uh, Israel and they assimilated them. I don't know if you know what they, they... They made them like themselves. They took them, and they took them back to Assyria. And they made them like them. And then they took the people that they had conquered from some other place, and they let them come back to, to Israel. And, and so the poor people of Israel, the northern kingdom, and the people that they brought in, they mingled. 
And then what you ended up with? Samaria. Okay? That's where it came from. So after about 200 years of watching, of watching Israel worship idols, so bad, they even took their own children and sacrificed their children to false gods. These people, the is, Israel, northern Israel, they were disgusting. They were disgusting. Took their own children and sacrificed them to idols. After about 200 plus years, God had had enough. It wasn't like there was never any warnings, because there was. God had had enough. This is what I'm talking about here. Flip over in your Bibles to Isaiah, Isaiah 9.10, because this all has something, all has something to do with it. Oh, Isaiah 9.10, where it says, The bricks have fallen down, but we will rebuild with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. It sounds like a good thing, but what had just happened is that the Assyrians had come down to, to Israel, and they hit them. They hit them. And they did damage, but then they pulled away. And so Isaiah 9.10 was Israel's response to the attack that had come. They tore the bricks down, but we will rebuild with hewn stones, which means a, more str- a, stronger, a stronger stone. And they've torn down uh, the sycamores, because they, they tore those down, but we will replace those with cedars, stronger trees. In other words, don't look inside at the sin that was in Israel at the time. That... Those words are a shake your fist into the face of God and say, we will rebuild because we're strong and because we depend on ourselves and know we didn't do anything wrong. Okay? When we got hit on 9-11, guys, on 9-12... Tom Daschle got up in front, of the, uh, in front of our whole country and made a speech and says we can always comfort ourselves with what has happened with these words. The bricks have fallen down, but we will rebuild with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. <laughs> Guy didn't realize, he just read a curse. And the next year... Jonathan Edwards, who was running for, for vice president, got up and, and said, we're, we're doing good, America. We're doing good. Listen, you can take comfort from these words. And he read the same, same verse. Neither one of them did it on purpose, guys. They never did it on purpose. But they read the curse, the curse that was Israel. And, and I'll tell you, it was just like us. We were just like Israel. It's happening all over again. Because we didn't learn by who we were. We didn't learn to repent. We didn't learn to, to turn to God again. We didn't learn that. We're just like Israel. And we shook our fists in the face of God. And we said, We will rebuild. We will rebuild. And we're worse today than we've ever been. 
God, after putting a, 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 a crack in the armor of Israel, gave them a chance to repent, put a crack in our armor, and we refused to repent. And then after a few years, Assyrians came back and took them. Listen, guys, just because we're the United States of America and just because we, we talk about, about the greatness of America, don't ever, ever think that we are beyond judgment from God. Don't ever think that because we're far from it. We're far from it. What we have is of God, and we don't remember that. And people will say, well, how, what about all those other nations that are nasty, nasty nations? No other nation has been blessed like this nation. And for those who are given much, much is expected. Are we held to a different standard here? You better believe we are. And God doesn't play games. <laughs> he doesn't play games. Are we in trouble? Yeah, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Listen, write this down. I don't know if you've ever read the book before, but read the Harbinger. Harbinger. Write that down. Harbinger. It was written by Jonathan Kahn. Best-selling Christian book for the last three years, and it covers what I'm talking about here. It's covering that. It's, it's a fictional story all wrapped around the truth. Okay? Kind of a strange way it's written, but it's an awesome book. It's an awesome book. Um, the Harbinger by Jonathan Kahn. Now Judah. Judah continued for another 134 years before they felt the attacks of the Babylonians. They, the, 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 they hit them. They'd leave them. They'd come back. They'd hit them again. And then... And then Israel, or I mean, sorry, Judah fell to the Babylonians in 586 B.C. Temple was destroyed. They flattened the whole thing. They destroyed it. They looted it, and then they destroyed it. Israel was flattened. Or, I'm sorry, Judah. Jerusalem was, was flattened. And the Jews were carted off to Babylon. That's what they did with them. You know, and, and so when they did that, that included Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were all taken. They're all taken with the, with the rich, with the wealthy, with the middle class, whatever, you know, whatever else. Generally, the poor was left behind when they do those type of things. But they took them all, and they took them, took them to, to Babylon. Those four good-looking guys... Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were good-looking guys. And so they took them, and, and they, they, had, they knew that they were good-looking, they had wisdom, they had knowledge, and they could serve the king. And so the four of them were brought to the palace, King Nebuchadnezzar's palace. And, and now you know why Daniel, what Daniel was doing in the king's palace in Babylon, in that, in that short history there, that short lesson. Which brings us back to the wicked king's dream. The wicked king's dream. Which, which takes place, it says, in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar. So it had to happen pretty soon after they had come um, um, to Babylon in the first place. Um, a dream so disturbing to Nebuchadnezzar that, that he feared sleep. Did you ever have a bad dream as a kid? Hopefully not as an adult. 
But as a kid and you were afraid to go back to sleep because you might visit the same dream again? Have you ever done that? That's when you climb into bed with mom and dad and say, protect me, protect me. Um, but, but Nebuchadnezzar calls his wise men and, and he tells them, um, he says, tell me the interpretation, but first, I want to know what the dream was that I had. That's like, walking into a fortune teller and they, and they want to know your name and you say, hey, uh, aren't you supposed to know my name if you're so good? Well, that's basically what Nebuchadnezzar did to them. And, and he said, I don't just want the interpretation. I, I want to know what the dream was. What was it that, that I saw? And, and so they said, King, you know, I love you, but, but we can't do that. And over in, in um, oops, sorry, back in, in Daniel, in verse 10, chapter 2, verse 10, it says, And the Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord or ruler, has ever asked such things of, of any magician, astrologer, or, or Chaldean. They never asked us stuff like that. I mean, we'll give you the interpretation, but we can't tell you what the dream was. You're the one that had the dream, not us. Tell me the dream. And, and if you don't tell me the dream, I'm going to cut you into little pieces. I'm going to kill your family. I'm going to level your house. I'm going to do all of these things if you won't tell me what the dream was. And they couldn't do it. And so guess what? Nebuchadnezzar, being a man of his words, started to kill the wise men and the Chaldeans. Now, Nebuchadnezzar gives the command to destroy them, which, which put Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in danger because they were wise men. And Daniel is able to halt the execution by standing up before the king, and he says, give me time that I might tell, you what the, tell the king what the dream was and the interpretation was. And so going back to his friends, Daniel came to Shad, Meshach, and Abednego, and he says, listen, guys, get on your knees. Get on your knees and pray. Because we got to tell the king what, not only the interpretation of his dream, but we got to tell him what the dream was. And so they prayed to God. They prayed to God. And God gave them the vision. And, and in starting in verse 20. God gave them the vision, and this is what Daniel said. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells in him. I thank you and praise you, O God for, of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might. You have now made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. He opened their eyes. He gave them the same vision, the same vision that he had given to Nebuchadnezzar. Now, here's the vision that 
was given to King Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel. Yeah, that's, there he is. The, the, the writing wasn't on the sides, okay? And I know it looks like a statue of Duck Dynasty, but it's, it's not. It's not. It has a lot of, of, a lot of meaning to it. Why didn't God just give Daniel the vision in the first place? Wouldn't it have been easier to give Daniel the vision? But I'll tell you, folks, to be perfectly honest, there's a good reason why God gave the vision to Nebuchadnezzar and then to Daniel. Because there are things there, there are things that that Daniel said in that last those last verses that, that I that I just read that are lessons for us today. Um, lessons for us because of the world that we live in. Lessons. There is no one in power today. Listen to this. There is no one in power today that is there that God didn't put him there. God put Nebuchadnezzar in his place. He put him there. Was he a man of God? Absolutely not. You look at it throughout this world and you look at the leaders who were there. Every one of them was put there by God. Why? Some of them are hideous. Some of them are murdering people from one end to the other. Because God has a plan, and the plan is going to come to fruition. It will. It'll come there. There, are, there is repentance that needs to happen. There is so much that, that needs to happen yet today. Listen, if, if you think that there is, is a ruler on this, on this earth that God hasn't put there, if you think that God has to react to this, this leader that was, that was put in place, that God has to have a knee-jerk reaction because all of a sudden there's another ruler who took place someplace else on the earth and God has to change everything around so that he can deal with that person. Forget it. It's not what happened. Because if that way was the way it happened, then God isn't in control of this earth at all. He's not in control of this earth. And I'll tell you now that he is. God is in control of this earth. God chooses or choose, chose Nebuchadnezzar um, as a vehicle to deliver the most incredible prophetic message relevant to us today. So relevant and so accurate that, that the critics of Daniel said, wait a minute, this is so accurate that this had to be written way after the, f- the fact that, that it happened. In other words, they're saying the book of Daniel is a history book. It's not a prophetic book. But the truth is, is that God and that book all happened before any of these things hmm, that, unfortunately, we're not going to have time to go over today. Next week... We'll get more into that dream. Nebuchadnezzar's dream and Daniel's dream. 
as, as a verification to what this is here. Guys, the book of Daniel is a prophetic book. Nebuchadnezzar was used by God. He wasn't a godly man. There are leaders on this earth today that are not godly men. And yet God uses them. Because this, God is in control of what is going on in this earth. And there, there is a plan that he has for you and for this country and for the countries of this earth. Of this earth. Guys, believe that God is in control. He has never lost it, never will lose it. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you so much. You are our God. You are so worthy of our praise. And Father, to, as, as we have come here to worship today, we, we are so just blown away with the idea of, of your majesty. In the songs that we sing, we look to the majesty that is you. We realize who you are as God. And that there are things happening on this earth that, that don't make sense to us. Things that we have never seen happening before, but yet not a one of them is, is beyond you. There isn't one of them that you're reacting to. For each ruler that is in place, whether this country, whether other countries, wherever that might be, are there by your hand and that not of their own. Father, we just we thank you. I, I pray that you will bring a peace and a comfort to each of us who are here to understand that we're not going through this alone, that you are our God and that you are in control of all things. Father, bless, bless these hearts as only you can. Calm the fears of these hearts as only you can. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.